Hi everyone, welcome to another edition of the Lemnitz Masterclass, uh, where we talk to digital marketing experts and practitioners, uh, professionals and entrepreneurs who work at the very edge of digital marketing innovation. Uh, today I'm super stoked uh, to talk to Damandeep Singh Soni. Daman is a, a firebrand digital marketer, if I can call him that, uh, who has spent uh, the last decade in growth marketing leadership roles at WeCash, MobiQuick, Milkbasket. Uh, he has also had uh, his own ventures, uh, Planet Go, Go, Perception Origin. Daman is currently vice president growth at Boat. Uh, to those who know him, uh, he has an amazing sense of humor. Uh, fewer still would know his solid skills as a DJ. Uh, I'll be talking to him about all things uh, digital marketing and uh, and how uh, customer data platforms can help drive growth. It's going to be a fun ride, so strap in. Daman, uh, welcome and thanks for taking the time out. Thanks, Subraman. Always, always fun talking to you. Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, I think uh, we've we've been together in the industry for the last uh, decade. Now it's always been sort of fun just hanging out with you at all these events, forums, and uh, you know, uh, just getting your perspective. So I do know that there's a lot that that the audience can learn from your take. So yeah, really looking forward to this. Yeah. Um, Happy to so be here, Yeah, let's just start with your. Uh, uh, you know, just you know, obviously you've been here in this digital marketing space for about a decade now, um, and I think it'll be just interesting to hear about your perspectives on how you've seen this whole space evolve. So maybe if you could just talk through your uh, professional journey a little bit uh, in this space and uh, how you've been, uh, seen sort of marketing technology evolve. And especially, uh, I, you know, I would like to you to touch upon this aspect of growth and growth marketing that emerged as a slightly more uh, recent concept. Sure. So uh, I'll tell you a very interesting story. Back in uh, 2012, I think, uh, I used to run a digital marketing agency, uh, PK Online, and yeah. we were talking to a client called Line, who I later joined as the India head after a couple of years. And we were trying to convince them to come to India. And they said, uh, because messaging was just coming up, WhatsApp had just entered the market. And they put up a challenge to me. They said, you know what, Daman, get me a million users in a month, and then we'll talk. Uh, I spent, I think, around 12 to 15 lakhs. And we got 3 million users uh, using Google. <laughs> now, if you, if you can think of doing something like that today, I don't think using the same channel, it is, it is uh, possible. But, but uh, there were so many hacks available at that point in time because the, the app uh, store was evolving, the, the ad formats were evolving. So uh, the, the key takeaway for me over these years has been is, uh, you know, at every point in time, uh, there are certain channels and hacks and uh, ideas available to a marketer to able to grow rapidly. And that's the fun of this whole medium, right? In the digital space, uh, there are new channels of emerging almost every month or a, or a new ad format or a new tech emerging every month. And as a digital marketer, I've always kept myself uh, in, an, in an experiment mode. I'm in a perpetual experiment, right? To see what to see what's working, uh, and so today, if I have to get three million users, I'll probably end up going to some other uh, channel like a TikTok. <laughs> uh, uh, so uh, that's the interesting thing that's happened. The second major shift that I've seen is the evolution of technology. Here's an interesting story. The 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 first app that uh, we were working on 
we actually had to write a whole lot of code to be able to send uh, notifications, timely notifications, journey notifications, and the, and the like. Today it's plug and play. Yeah. Today I just have to uh, 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 you know uh, uh, get one API integrated to another, call a webhook or something like that, and uh, I'm good to go. And I spend more time on thinking uh, the fun stuff to write uh, to get the user to click uh, to, to click and to engage. So while starting a business has become very easy, growing it has become equally difficult because there's that much more competition to everything that you that you're that you're planning to do. So uh, it, it, it's it's evolved in a whole lot of spaces. Uh, also, if, if I look at the whole Martech stack. I remember 2013, there were barely 15, 20 companies. And out of that, four or five of them were Google or Facebook related companies. Today, it's, it's like a whole ocean by itself, you know. Uh, so it's, it's, it's always fun to see what stock wrinkles coming out uh, on the MarTech side of things. So it's, it's, it's a fun place to be in. Uh, you, if you love to learn, uh, if you love to experiment, I think uh, there's no better place than this. Absolutely. I, I think uh, Scott Brinker's landscape on last count had what, 8,000? Yeah, <laughs> right. 20,000. 20, 20,000, sorry. Yeah. 20,000. Oh, yeah, of yeah. course. Yeah. <laughs> so talk about growth. Like what is, uh, because I think growth marketing, though, of course, you could, uh, you know, different people have different interpretations of growth. Uh, mm. But I think the term growth uh, probably has taken off in the last maybe mm. five, six years in, in a big way, right? So uh, what does is, what is growth marketing really mean? And, and why do you need that sort of a, function so and okay. there are folks who would love to understand okay so, you know is it just conflated with marketing or is it different so maybe just talk to a little bit of that it, it's, it's good you brought that up you know because i'm asked this question quite a lot of time are you a marketer are you a techie i said i used to write code but i also market so here's the thing if i look at marketing in a semantic sense marketers typically have been uh, asked to cater to the top of the funnel which is uh, user acquisition and activation. And after that, it's like the product guy's problem. You know, you figure out whether the service is good, you figure out if the packet of chips has any nitrogen or chips in it, and so on and so forth. But a growth marketer's job is entire funnel. So that's the primary difference that I define uh, uh, between growth and marketing. So marketing is a function of, uh, 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 of growth. Uh, I've had the 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 you know uh, luck to work with large companies and 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 startups uh, from cold start. Typically, a founder is a growth marketer. You know, he has an insight that uh, how he can modify the product or enhance the product so that it sells itself. Yeah. Uh, if I look at a framework to work with, you know, in growth marketing, growth marketing has four pillars. Okay, there's organic growth, which is a function of your brand. SEO, ASO, and all that kind of stuff. There is paid growth, which uh, we see a lot of marketers spend a lot of time in, which is uh, user acquisition, TVCs, ATL, BTL, a lot of stuff on digital, on Google, Facebook, uh, Instagram, social, social channels. Then there's product growth. Product growth is basically how can I build growth loops within my product so that when the user, when one user comes in, he's able to bring the next 10 users yeah. when he performs a particular action it it, it 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 creates a feedback loop for other users to to come onto the platform so on and so forth which also be, uh, you know uh, so the product function works very closely with the martech stack okay and uh, i think the, the 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 growth product manager needs to really have a fine balance between what he 
how we implement the tech and how we working with the paid and the organic and the fourth part what a lot of guys miss on uh, miss out on is the partnerships so this growth so this organic paid product and partnerships and partnerships doesn't mean uh, you know i'll put your brand on my bottle and you put uh, uh, my logo on your app it goes far deeper than that it says how can two different organizations who have a huge amount of user base leverage each other user base either by a cross selling or by delivering value to the users and there's multiple ways multiple ways to do it uh, we've done that in the past at mobiquick we uh, we're uh, we doing that at boat also right now uh, stuff i can't talk about but uh, for example in mobiquick we went around partnering with ola in a very different way than how paytm partnered with uber so that was a like a growth hack for us which cost us millions of transactions so a growth marketer needs to look across this whole uh, four pillars and then actually you know come up with a growth strategy so there are going to be multiple things right there's no silver bullet that i've learned there's no 1 million uh, 1 million users in a month kind of a thing anymore so all of these things together you know they push up the growth curve interesting and i think it's uh, especially interesting to look at uh the the partnership and product growth that you spoke of because most people think of growth uh, in a fairly uh, paid or organic kind of way uh, mm-hmm. getting it so talk about the viral loop that you spoke of and i think you you also in some of your blogs and uh, and forums where you spoken spoken of not stock metric that 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 some of these companies need to have uh, if you need to really grow uh, effectively right so does it all tie into the not stock metric as well how does that happen yeah so uh, you know as 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 a, a a person who looks after growth i one of my key things is to really think a lot about how to define the not star metric because the not star metric is the value that you deliver to your users it's yeah. not revenue it's never revenue revenue is what you get in return right so how do i define that value which encapsulates the entire organization to work as one once you are able to define that and then break that into smaller metrics like uh, smaller kpis then it starts becoming very meaningful for everyone in the organization and everyone is a growth marketer then even the person doing a delivery uh, uh, at the end of the day uh, is a growth marketer for example at at milk basket uh, i envisioned our not star metric is number of items delivered to a user on time which encapsulates number of orders which encapsulates size of the basket basket and encapsulates operations so that the orders delivered on time because if groceries are not coming at 7 o'clock in the morning your kid is not drinking milk there's huge dissonance right yeah. so that kind of tied everyone in and uh, even the ops person would would try to figure out uh, how to use tech to solve uh, 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 to create a faster delivery cycle now uh, in terms of creating in terms of creating loops uh, uh, you know uh, growth is not a linear problem okay and if 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 you have that paradigm in place then you need to start figuring out how do i create systems and processes wherein uh, you know uh, uh, engines start getting formed growth engines start getting formed so that your your company is propelled so my uh, at any point in time uh, uh, strategy is we start experimenting mm-hmm. we do stuff manually we put little bit of money to the problem and then we if it's working then we double down then we automate the heck out of it and see how it goes so at different stages the the growth tactics are going to be different when you are starting on a cold start do things that do not scale 
yeah. perfectly fine call up every user that you want lay out the red carpet but as you're scaling up that laying of the red carpet must be automated yeah. right you should have a welcome emailer if required you need to have a a, 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 a hamper set in so you uh, for example at milk basket we change the whole referral loop uh, typically uh, if you start telling anyone referral you start okay you know the person who refers what, what incentive do i give him okay uh, we often forget that incentive is not only monetary incentive people also want social incentives social incentives and for us at milk basket for example we would only service certain buildings we would not even service full gurgaon so we wanted more and more people in a building okay and if i refer to you in a building people will think i'm trying to mooch off 100 rupees just by referring you which doesn't look very classy right yeah. so we change the entire referral program to say if i refer subra subra gets 500 rupees worth of uh, groceries i don't get anything and uh, in that uh, in that initial 500 we also say uh, 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 this is a housewarming gift from daman you know so that gives me social benefit which yeah. says that okay i've referred you i know something which makes me sound intelligent or uh, or make me sound helpful and once we started doing that the referral loop just skyrocketed right for us and uh, we didn't have to put up so we needed to just get 5% of the user base in a building to reach the 20 to 25% using this referral loops so stuff like this is what a growth marketer keeps on thinking and uh it's not that we got it right the first time yeah <laughs> we tried giving the user 2000 bucks also <laughs> for for referring but then when we got deeper into the problem we felt that you know this is something that will get a solution to us absolutely yeah so all the things you've spoken about so far uh you know uh, growth and sort of you know uh, automating some of the uh, red carpet uh, you know ideas i guess it all eventually comes down to uh, understanding your users better and better Uh, and maybe as close to an individual uh, as possible right and and fundamentally to deliver a great experience to them and i think today uh, you know compared to a decade back and that's something you talked about as well i guess as marketers everybody is spoiled for cho- cho- you know choice right in terms of the sheer number of options available to you right uh, but ultimately you need to get the right stack in place so let's talk about uh, the martech stack uh, and what's your sort of uh, recommended approach Uh, to folks that are starting to think about uh, setting uh, setting up a you know customer experience uh, ecosystem to drive growth what's your recommendation what sort of framework should they use and how should they go about uh, deciding how to build this so that that's that's a, a pretty uh, uh, interesting question because i'm kind of ma- married to the martech stack yeah uh, because i mean uh, typically uh, Uh, the kind of teams uh, uh, i've run are very small teams and we leverage technology a lot right and what my typical framework uh, has been is uh, go outside in start from top of the funnel and then start building all the stuff in because uh, the one thing that binds the entire marketing stack together is data yeah right so i i i need to start figuring out where the user is coming from who this user is and once i have that initial data only then i can go on to personalize his experience and you know talk to that individual that you that you particularly spoke about so you start putting the telemetry in from day one yeah. okay and start seeing patterns start seeing uh, uh, how the user is coming in what the flow is again in today's world it's not a linear flow in terms of doing a purchase if someone has to buy an earphone he'll do 10 different actions rather than the ida approach what we learned in kotler 
right <laughs> so so for me to be able to nice tailor day. the tailor the customer experience right i need to have the the, the telemetry right for yeah. me we yeah. be able to run ab test and experimenting i need to have the data i need to have the data set uh, yeah. uh, uh, correctly so i usually start with a lot of attribution tech to begin with right and after that uh, we build a lot of telemetry for the entire user journey and then we start building out the whole marketing automation uh, platform so for me it's usually the approach that that, that uh, i typically follow and uh, what we also do is we draw out ideal reports that we need to see to 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 take decisions so um, this is something which i found very interesting in india specifically we love data but we don't know what to do with it <laughs> so i've seen a lot of founders ask for a ton of reports but there's no i, I all my all my first question is what is the business decision you're going to get out of reading a report like this you know and then we try to ease off the the requirement of the data analyst team uh, and the data engineering team to figure out what exactly needs to be done now now in terms of the martech stack right if we look at the 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 funnel approach right there are there are a few parameters that you need to look at one is what you want to measure second is why you want to measure and third is what is the tech you are going to be using to measure uh, and i've seen multiple approaches being followed you know where people rip and replace the entire thing or people start building uh, small things and then they take after two years down the line they rip and replace the good thing today is there is a lot of uh, a lot of these companies uh, structure data in a very good way okay which are able to so you're able to port from one system to the other and cdps for example play a very key role in that if i have a central repository from which anyone so it's like a data bus right anyone can come in and pluck out data from that and get and get this live going that is an ideal case scenario and like you know just before we started this i said you know that's that's something i would like to have at a given point in time but uh you know the kind of uh, uh companies are work with it's, it's it's always we are we are always building you know uh, uh, as we are going so it's always changing the wheels of the bus while it's running but i think a steady state scenario would be wherein we have a central data repository and we can just plug and play a lot of uh, uh, marketing technologies and solutions over there got it got it it's super interesting to sort of understand your framework because you start attribution first you really try to understand who's converting i think that is the uh you know growth is entirely structured around understanding who are these people who are buying converting and how are they coming and what is the attribution and then you work your way towards uh, all the way towards marketing automation because for most people it for many people uh, you know it starts the other way around you think of how can i start the flows but how can you really automate this flow if you don't know who are the people who are buying in the first place or converting in the first place right mm. yeah 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 so uh you spoke of cdp and that was my nice uh, segue into uh, into cdps so uh, yeah of course cdps have uh, obviously come uh, you know come to the fore in the last couple of years as a as a very sort of big piece of technology right and i think one place where uh, where i heard you say is that you need to get the foundational elements right before you go for a cdp uh, you know although my my personal take has been that uh, you know uh, if data is important then there there has to be a foundational element that that brings that together and, and sort of really stitches everything together and cdp is that foundational element right but what what sort of peaked your i know you've spoken you've written a couple of blogs about cdps as well what peaked your interest in cdps and why do you believe that uh, do you believe that the future or do you believe it is one more element in the stack or what what's your take on that 
my story with the CDP is very interesting. I actually stumbled upon this whole tech, uh, this whole tech. Uh, well, uh, so I've been a part of this whole Martech journey since uh, since early days, right? And the, a lot of this innovation has been happening in the valley, right? In terms of uh, uh, data-driven architectures and data-driven decision making and growth teams. Uh, frankly, that whole culture came in from there. So when I started first looking at uh, a CDP, I kind of it was like an aha moment for me because here is something which is marrying my first-party data with third-party data, which is something. You know, it just hits you saying that, okay, this is exactly what I want, right? I can do my lookalikes pretty awesomely. I can, I can target these people when they're not on my site. Uh, uh, and that too with a personalized solution. Uh, so that's where I discovered this whole concept of CDP. But for me, the more important thing was uh, how can various systems in my, in my company use them? Because... Gone are the days when we used to use one SAP system for the whole organization, right? Right now, we are using a lot of uh, point, point solutions for uh, 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 a lot of problems. And I think that's the way it's going to be, right? Yeah. There is this whole consumerization of SaaS, where you, you just put in your credit card, get, get an HRMS, get going and, and you know, do, do a lot of stuff. Similarly, for, uh, for, for, for marketing technology, right? We like a piece of uh, lead management software. We just put it in a card, get it on. And, and start going. The more a CDP integrates with all these systems, and I think they are the ones who are trying to solve this problem of, of creating this entire data bus, the easier it becomes. Uh, otherwise, I'll have to start using stuff like Zapier, you know, which, which is good to begin with for a cold start, but not good enough to scale. Uh, you have to have an elegant uh, uh, scalable yeah. solution at a, uh, at a point in time. So uh, uh, over a period of time, I've kind of, you know, uh, uh, used one of the systems as my de facto CDP. I would it that way. Typically, it's been a marketing automation suite. which okay, you know, you, you've got a lot of data. Let's get it on with it. But obviously, this is not a CDP in a true sense because they have webhooks for, let's say, a, a Google or a Facebook, but not for, uh, uh, you know, not for a DMP that they can yeah. plug into. So that's that's the kind of you know broken solutions that that i've typically used uh, uh, you know till date but i understand that for a cdb to be successful right if, uh, we need to use the whole third party data more efficiently and that only comes that's a scale problem right uh, 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 to solve because uh, like i mentioned like uh, early on at board right now we know there is enough scale to be achieved from the social and uh, at the googles of the world Right. Once we hit sort of a plateau over there, that's when I want to start using third-party data to further scale far, far more. Interesting. That's very interesting. So one of the things I wanted to ask about, which is something that I ask all the guests who come on the uh, on this masterclass, is and it's the one thing that probably nobody wants to talk about, but unfortunately we all have to. Uh, COVID-19. Uh, mm -hmm. So what's been your uh, perspective um, from the pandemic? What does it mean, especially for growth marketers? Uh, in terms of uh, you know, uh, in terms of some of the important learnings that you would have. Uh, so for a growth marketer, uh, uh, it, it's kind of been a, an awakening. Let me put it this way, because for the first time, uh, a lot of the ATL mediums were shut down, right? From the marketing perspective, yeah. there's no point putting an ad in a paper because uh, uh, it wasn't going anywhere. Pun <laughs> intended. Uh, there was uh, uh, not a lot of uh, TV ads that were being doing uh, that were being done because of uh, pricing issues, 
right? Uh, so what do you do? So you go back to the drawing board and you see how can how I can sweat the asset. Companies which had invested in Martech stacks who had the growth first growth first approach really did well. Companies which did not have this said, okay, you know what? Our CMO should now should now, should now start becoming a CIO also. Uh, he needs to start learning tech. So for a growth marketer, this was a gold mine. Okay, uh, folks who were into uh, retention marketing, who were into uh, uh, journey campaigns, uh, who are working, who are, who are making data more malleable, those guys saw a field day. They finally yeah. got to know that okay, you know, they finally got a finally got a buy-in with uh, 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 with the management. So one of the major major issues that I've always faced while uh, uh, getting marketing. Uh, 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 or uh, or marketing automation implemented is getting a, a stakeholder buy-in. Yeah. The CTO usually still says, Ki, I can make this at home. I can make it at home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, uh, and uh, the, the, the uh, finance head or the founder usually says, my data is going out. Right. Yeah. These, these are the two, two, two things. And, but now when, uh, the CIO says, okay, I can make it at home. And he realizes that to build a world-class solution, there is a learning curve involved, yeah. right? It's, it's, uh, and it's going to be more expensive. Uh, I would rather put my tech bandwidth on making the core product. So again, a lot of folks who were in the MarTech side of things, they have come into the forefront saying, you know what? We know a plug-in-based solution, which we can go live in like 24 hours, and not, not, not two months or not two weeks. Uh, so that is one revelation. And I've got a lot of, calls from uh, different founders and friends saying that, you know, is the solution good? Uh, is it really what they say it is? Because my, my CIS is, uh, you know, this is something which is really valuable. And then, you know, you have to tell them, no, you know, there's a lot of science, tech, IP involved in, you know, trying to match data in trying to automate, in trying to deliver a notification. Uh, so, so it's been a really fun time uh, uh, from a marketing perspective, marketing automation, uh, and, and a growth marketing perspective. The other thing is, because some channels were closed, uh, management has been open to trying out new channels. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's pretty pretty uh, pretty awesome. So people who were not using certain, let's say, let's even go to something as simple as uh, a digital marketer who's using Google. Uh, Google itself gives you uh, six to seven channels, right? They were just using two or three. They've started experimenting with newer channels and they've said, okay, you know what? This, this kind of works for us. Okay. Folks have started uh, uh, now investing in content marketing also uh, in a very meaningful way rather than saying, you know, let's do a blog a day. So, <laughs> so, so stuff like this, so I'm seeing a huge shift into, uh, uh, in the way management is thinking about how marketing needs to be done. Okay, it's not always now a money first approach, yeah. which, which for me is, is, is pretty awesome because I've always worked for the underdog. You know, for me, uh, it's, it's, it's always been, okay, we have less money. How do we, how do we go up against a giant? So uh, uh, it, it's a very interesting problem solving time for everyone. Absolutely. And I think uh, one of the things that you said, which I, I have seen uh, repeat over and over and again in the last six months is people who were prepared uh, digitally, right? Mm -hmm. Had all those, uh, you know, sort of uh, their Martech stack and digital sort of worked out. They tried, they tried. And all the people uh, who were sort of halfway there or, or weren't there or weren't thinking aggressively enough about digital, 
uh, invariably they struggle during the pandemic. And I think, uh, if anything, some of those folks and uh, people, the, the cliche term that I hear is digital transformation has accelerated by uh, by three years in, in sort of three months. That is so true. I mean, as much as it's a cliche, it's, it's so true because that's exactly what uh, what we saw happening uh, in the pandemic, right? Yeah, I mean, the amount of... Uh, CIOs who have called me saying that, you know, do you say literally for this thing, do you have any guy who can uh, implement marketing automation for me? It's not even funny. And these are not just startups. These are huge financial, uh, uh, financial companies, uh, which are saying, okay, we, we need to do all this. Yeah. Uh, and then you realize, you know, when you talk to these big companies, they were just working off Excel. Okay. Yeah, so my, exactly. my, my, uh, 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 marker to figure out whether you can automate marketing is uh, uh, is couple of things. Does your marketing team need to go to tech to implement a landing page every time they want to run a campaign or create a new button? That is one. The second is, does your marketing team need to go to the data team to get a data out? So if if the answer to both of them is yes, then your marketing team is struggling right now in terms of uh, the the martech stack. A marketer should be able to visualize data, click on it, and execute a campaign using a channel or personalize the whole experience. So that is the ideal state. And that is what I keep looking at, you know, saying that, okay, you know, we cannot automate everything on day zero. Let's see, let's, let's do a Pareto attack. What is the 20% thing that we can do uh, in terms of personalization or visualization so that the marketer can then be efficient? Absolutely. Thanks, Saman. It's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you. Thanks for taking the time out. Uh, uh, really appreciate it. I think this is going to be a super insightful session for everyone. Thanks, Abra. Great talking to you, as always. Uh, absolutely. Thanks. Thanks.